Hi, my name is Ryan McDonough, and you are listening to The Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. The 200th episode of The Sun Solar Panel podcast. That means that we have spent roughly 200 Saturdays together, gentlemen. Yeah, I was going to do the math about how many hours 200 hours equates to. It's a lot of days. It's a, it, it's just short of uh, of 10 days. Do you guys realize that, that we've spent nine some odd days of our lives uh, doing this show? Greg is regaling us with his math skills with a Z. That, that you got to put a Z on the end of that one. It, it's, pretty e- out it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. 200 into 24-hour days is roughly around, wow, good for you, Greg. It, it's real easy when you, when you do the math. You go, oh, so 20 it's a, divided uh, by 10, it's at and least there's 10. four separate hours. <laughs> Not there, so. Uh, it's, a, it's at least 10. <laughs> So good job, man. Hey. Yes, I'm very happy that we've been around for 200 episodes. It's amazing that we have figured out ways to talk about the. Uh, we I think we have more episodes than wins for sure for the team. Uh, oh yeah, um, by far. And we only do one a week. <laughs> uh, what are we What are we looking at? I mean, they there was a 19 win season, a 24 win season. I mean, we're well, well beyond. Uh, uh, well, well beyond <laughs> how many wins we've seen uh, compared to episodes we've done. The Suns have a lot of catching up to do to, to catch uh, the number of episodes we've done. So, Yeah, but we are, we are working hard. Uh, we're always here. We're here for you, folks. We're not fading out. If we haven't faded out yet, we're not going to be fading out in the future. You're going to see Greg with his gray hair matching me in some years in the future. I'll probably start forgetting who I'm on the phone with in the future, but we'll still be potting. But, We're still going to be potting. By the way, uh, TC Pratt in the chat tells me my math is terrible. It's eight and a half days. So, what do you want? I'm not a mathematician. I was giving him. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I went, to, went to the University of Arizona. It's not. It's not known for its math in the program I was in. So, media arts is not a mathematician program. I'll tell you that much. So. <laughs> but it it's it it's fun to finally uh hit another milestone with the number of episodes but it, to me uh i i don't know we we birthed this uh and it's like a child so it's appropriate father's day is oh when we so tim is a father he After is all this tim is a father he's the father of the solar panel well and he's dealt with us which are basically too petulant children uh, the entire time he's done this he knows what being a dad is this is like being trapped in the car with your two kids in the in the back seat and they're arguing the entire time and tim's basically sitting there saying i will turn this car around if you don't shut up uh, i'm a dog <laughs> no, tim just gets least. up and goes gets co- goes to get coffee when he's tired <laughs> of listening to his talk he doesn't tell us to turn the car around he's just i'm gonna go get coffee i will turn this car around if you two don't stop fighting we won't go to wally world all right <laughs> or Disney World, uh, where the Suns are going to go at some point, maybe. I don't know. This, this whole thing seems like it's uh, uh, tap dancing on the head of a pin, uh, quite frankly. And I'm not 100% confident. Well, it's just funny that basketball. the bubble is, is, oh, none of the players or coaches or trainers or anything like that can leave the bubble ever. Or you have to do a 10 to 14 day quarantine if you ever did. But, oh, you know, oh, Disney employees? Uh, yeah, you can guys can go home every night. 
Well, and, that's cool. And they're like, well, we don't know if uh, if older coaches are going to be able to be there or not. Like this whole thing is in a very precarious spot. It is amazing to me that we the whole Kyrie thing came and went pretty fast. Uh, we haven't heard much more about that uh, group of players that wasn't happy, but. Well, oh, no, I, that that's, not, mean that's not, not, yeah, yeah that's not ahead. necessarily true. There's, uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes. And I think that the, the league has, has shown that it's, um, listened to the concerns that were brought up by some of those players. But, you know, at the same time, the league has a lot that they're dealing with right now. Uh, so I think that a lot of those concerns will be addressed uh, after a lot of cash money but that, on, on the line. But that's kind of what I'm, I'm impressed with is major league baseball. We've heard all their dirty laundry every step of this way. Right. But when you're, when you talk about the NBA, that the Kyrie, the group of players that all came up, Real uh, came up about a week ago, and real quick it got quiet because I feel like the league's actually trying to address those those players and their concerns. Unlike other leagues who haven't uh, haven't really pulled that off, uh, it's interesting though that the uh, the NBA is heading into uh, a state where cases are soaring. Major League Baseball has pulled uh, their teams at that that train in Florida and Arizona out each of those teams it sounds like we'll be going back to their home markets to train so they'd rather be in any other market than florida and arizona yeah than than our markets where tim is and where we are but uh, even our own diamondbacks are probably thinking yeah where where can we go where else can we be (laughs) so so this whole i don't know i I, do you guys feel like we're going to see basketball because i am less confident than i was uh two weeks ago for sure i feel like i feel like for sure we're going to see basketball I feel like they're all going to congregate there and it's going to take a massive outbreak among the teams before anything gets canceled. There's not going to be any preemptive canceling. The question is, what is massive? What is the deciding number of sick players? Um, They have to have some kind of stones to be able to withstand a few. What's the number? Is it 10? Is it five? Is it uh, 20? You know, is it one per team, two per team? Uh, what, you know, I, I just don't understand where the number is uh, that is going to actually have the NBA say, we're going to have to punt this. The, the because no, there's a billion dollars on the line. The number is one of two names. It's LeBron or Giannis. If either of those guys get it, they shut it down because. Uh, really? I th- think so. I think so, because that's mm. when people will really be like, this is a total farce and, and it invalidates everything. When when one of those two superstars on the uh, on the teams that a lot of people assume are on a con- collision course for the finals are, are out. That's when people are going to look at this as totally invalidated, I think. Uh, it, it's tricky. So, you know, let me talk a, a little bit about just from a business standpoint, what is happening here in St. Augustine, Florida right now. Uh, There has been a number of uh, restaurants with local employees that have tested positive for COVID-19. Those restaurants had to close completely, sanitize the entire restaurants, um, test all of their workers, uh, and then bring everybody back. And it's, it's a real issue right now uh-huh. uh, and what does the nba do when that inevitably well, happens? the thing is in the nba get... they are constantly being tested what's happening with the businesses because we have the same thing happening here we had a uh, santan brewery right up the street from my place um it was open one day closed the next now it's open again this uh yesterday after about a week or so of, of... the thing is with the nba everyone's getting tested every other day so you know 
who's got it and who doesn't. It's not a, now we got to figure out who's got it. So the NBA is trying to be very preemptive. They're trying to do it along the lines of, uh, you know, a lot more controls and safeguards than anyone else is doing. So we'll have to see, uh, but I don't, they don't have to shut every, send everyone home to get tested. They've already been tested. Right. But they're going to have to quarantine. I would think anybody that has been around said player that tested positive. They have not said that yet. Have they? They've only said that they're going to quarantine, um, the player that's, that's sick, not everybody around them or it's the whole team. Right, so that's a, a recipe for a disaster. But, but I mean, we'll see. I, I think we're all really excited. But I would not be shocked if it, it, it got derailed after it started. I think that's. I think that's a bigger disaster than uh, than if they simply decide to uh, to you know just not go in the first place, though. Uh you think that's a bigger disaster, not going yeah, at all? It, no, I think if you start it and then you stop it, it's a bigger disaster than uh, than if you don't. Uh, um, I don't. I don't know. I think they're going to do it anyway. I I don't. There's any reason they wouldn't go? I, I really think they're going to try to go. Far too much money on the line. Far too much. Right. Exactly. And you they're just gonna, can't. They're going to get them out there. Not in the season. And I mean, at the end of the day, like we aren't going to have a a vaccine probably until 2021. So, you know, what do you do? Just cancel everything forever? Right. I mean, at a certain point. Trying. The NFL is going to try it. Baseball apparently would try it if they didn't have such idiots in charge and, and on each side um, in charge of their negotiations. But, I mean, it's so funny. Baseball is the one that was built for social distancing, and they're the ones who can't get their shit together to try. <laughs> When uh, football and basketball are going to try their butts off to get right. in there, it's, it's like I tennis. Really, it's I a great really social distancing. It's just going to happen. It is. Nobody's close to each other except when you get on base, and then you can still like they can just say, "Hey, you can't hold me. Oh, like, <laughs> you can't hold me on base." Baseball, no throws to first. <laughs> baseball basically screwed themselves. They should be playing starting next week. You know, it should be. Uh, they should be dominating sports talk right now, and they are just for all the wrong reasons because they couldn't get out of their own way. And that's again, that's you're encouraged by how smooth things have gone for the NBA. But I, I, I get at some point you have to accept what the risks are. But I, I wonder, it just feels like something could catastrophically go wrong with this whole plan. Uh, and I and the, the only reason they're pushing so hard is because of the money. I mean, if well, yeah, if if money if revenue was still coming in and they they had the choice to play or not play, they're not playing. The only reason they're doing it is because of the money sitting on the table. And well, yeah, uh, I mean, the the only reason those those uh, waiters and waitresses are going to work is for the money. Yeah, we know. Yeah, and, and it's just, like, but look, guys, I mean, let's let's not yeah. st- can we state anything more obvious? The only thing reason I've ever had sex is because I have a penis. I mean, yes, of course they're playing because hope, of the money. I hope There's that's no not other the other reason. reason you, your two kids just got really <laughs> insulted on Father's Day that you said that. Well, the they're other... not my three actually, and they're not listening anyway. You have three <laughs> kids? Jeez, Dave. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's true, Greg, that the reason I go to work is for the money. 
Yes. Yeah. The point. <laughs> the point is, but you're working from your home office. Me too. You're not, I got to work for the money. You're too. not oh, risking. You're shocking. not risking your life potential. Life potentially. To go do that. Construction and, workers well, are. Yeah, yeah I people know. Who, people are yeah. doing anything and, but that, that isn't sitting behind a computer. But if I had, potentially if I had a different job, I'd still be going to work for the money. But most people <laughs> that are doing it are essential. NBA players are not essential. We're putting people in a bubble for our own entertainment. Look, Greg, they're doing and, and it for the, money. You'd stop acting like this is newfound information. <laughs> but people but, like to act like sports isn't. That, the dirty secret about sports is it's always about money. It's never about yes! the fans. Like, we all it's never, know. But, like, yeah, like, they do it for a living. That's their job. I, I yes, get, it is for the money. This I get is it. No but, surprise. This is no secret. But I just I feel like some of these players, I, and we saw it, some of these players are coming out and saying, they don't care about the health side of this. They just care about the money side of this. And this bubble isn't as safe as people think it is. Now, I give the NBA credit because they're the one sport that seems to be, and the NHL to some extent, seem, seem to be the, the the sport that actually is trying to figure out a way to mitigate it, where the NFL is and, and MLB is just like, well, we don't care. You guys are going to travel. Roll You're going to go to all these cities. Right. We're going to hope this works out. But we just, I mean, they're making it blatantly clear. This is about the money and we don't care about the health side of it uh, at this point. So this is it's just a very, I think, a, a very tenuous situation. Uh, to your guys' point, we'll likely see basketball. But do we see it all the way through to the finals? That's that's a big question. And I I don't know if it's the going NBA to be fascinating, and I, we're not going to be able to turn away. No, I and I don't know if if the NBA will come out and say if X number of people get this, we will not uh, we will not continue, or if it'll simply just be uh, I don't know. I it'll just come to a point like it did uh, originally that caused the stoppage, where they're just like, okay, we're out. This is too many people. We can't. We can't guarantee safety. We we don't feel comfortable. Yeah, we're, that's we're my done. question. Is how many is that? Yeah, I know you said it's LeBron or Giannis, but I don't think so. I think it's it's got to be a critical mass. Yeah, um, I mean, I was. So obviously, look, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that uh, someone in these traveling parties, especially once they start adding family members and things like that, ends up passing away. But short of that, I mean, you've got look. I'm a look. I haven't hardly been outside in three months. I have asthma. Um, I've got a couple of close people in my in my circle, and I've got my family that I've barely seen. Uh, shoot, I had this is Father's Day, by the way, and this will only be the second time I'll have been in the same space with all three of my daughters in months, and that usually doesn't happen um, because they're all working in public, and so I, um, you know, I don't want to triple the risk of of getting sick myself. But anyway. Uh, what, I, what I was trying to say is that um, I believe in this virus. I don't think it's this hoax thing. I wear a mask and all this stuff. And yet even I know that younger people are much less likely to pass than people with underlying conditions and older people. It just isn't likely. It's, it, what's happened is that you're going to get sick. It's going to be worse than the flu probably. Um, there, Yeah, we, we all talk about the asymptomatic, but those those folks are not as common as, as the ones who get sick. And then the ones who get sick, it's a bad cold. It will take you a couple of weeks over it. And question is, does anybody end up in the hospital from it? And if they end up in the hospital, do they end up not coming out? That's your biggest, biggest problem. Short of that, it's kind of like a really bad flu season. 
You don't shut down the NBA for a flu. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm a conspiracy theorist that we're faking this coronavirus because we're not. It's a huge problem, and it's much more um, uh, transmissible so much more quickly than, it, than anything we've had before. But having said that, I think you can uh, survive a bubble with a few sicknesses if you're constantly testing. But how do you, I how, do think that can happen. How, other, other leagues around the world, I mean, Bundesliga, I think, mm-hmm. in, in Germany is doing well. You know, it's so funny as I saw that the Germans, um, they're just following the U.S. Uh, epidemiologist's advice, and they're doing just fine. <laughs> Well, you know, if it's only a we country do that. that doesn't follow our advice. I, well, I, I wonder, how do you handle the older coaches, though? Do, is it just, well, hey, if question. you, if you they, choose they, to do I this? I think the coaches are going to have to sign a waiver. I mean, I, that's what well, I feel like it'll have to be. But I feel like the, these coaches are going to have to do something extra because I, the league seems to be hesitant. And rightfully, rightfully, wear well, a mask. I, no, I don't know. Maybe wear a mask, but I don't know if it'll be an extra an extra strong waiver, like more legalese in there than, than, <laughs> than everybody waivers, else. <laughs> uh, it, because they seem genuinely concerned and rightfully so for guys that are 67, you know, 65, 70 that are, that are in these coaching ranks, you know, Popovich uh, and Alvin Gentry and Mike D'Antoni, uh, all guys that seem to be tied back to the Suns, uh, you know, in one way or another. But uh, I like, I, and I understand the concern because they are, uh, even even if they're they're healthy right now, they are in the in the population that's most uh, most affected by this. And and I could you imagine, uh, God forbid, one of these guys gets it and, and something serious happens with them. I, I, who knows without uh, what what could come of all that? So I, I think they're going to have to make the choice and there's going to be a lot of legalese. I mean, there's going to be. A lot Absolutely. to cover them, and uh, this. And I guarantee you that every one of these coaches is going to sign it because, you know what, this is a. Unfortunately, it's a world of sports, and unfortunately, this becomes a a um, how tough am I, question. True. This is this is the big problem with all this is that uh, you're going to have everybody if, if if for players that don't go because of the uh, chance of getting sick, they're going to get vilified. Um, rightfully, obviously not rightfully, but um, consciously or subconsciously, they're going to get vilified. If and and it it's a pipeline contest, and I really think that these coaches are going to all sign any waiver, and then they're going to be, and then they're not going to be as protected as they should. They're not going to wear masks because they have to be able to yell out to the players during the game. Um, I did read something where only people in the second row are going to be required to wear masks, um, coaches and players and supporting staff and all that. But first row people are not. Which is hilarious um, because the people in the second row are further already socially distanced and not going to be dealing with people. That, yeah. Well, and then I, they're, going to have, they're going to allow players from other teams in there. Um, I don't know if they're going to be required to wear masks while they're in there. But I love the one ring. Have you guys seen this? This What is it? Ure or something like that. Some brand. Yeah. The one ring that's supposed to—it's—it's it's a ring that's supposed to be able to predict, predict up to three days in advance your coronavirus symptoms. How is that possible? Well, it, I think this is such a it, scam. It tracks it's your a, biometrics and it can can look at fluctuations of your temperature uh, over a period how, uh, over a period of time. But it then was just invented like well, in the last few weeks. No, I've never it's, heard of this it's thing been, uh, it, it's been around for a couple of years and they realized at the beginning 
of this based on a small sample size that they they were they could predict based on the pattern that most people go through and the fluctuation of their temperature when they have coronavirus that with 90% certainty they could predict in 3 days earlier than than other ways that these people had coronavirus so that's how they're they're going to utilize these there it doesn't sound like they're going to require players but uh and Vincent mentioned just in the chat but did you see Gerald Green's joke about this Gerald Green is missing his ring finger uh on on his left hand <laughs> I believe it is uh, and so he said well I guess I can't play I don't have a finger for the ring to go on. <laughs> and he actually. Look, you're not getting married to the bubble. Oh, you can wear the ring on a different finger. Well, he actually lost his finger because he wore a ring while he was playing basketball when he was younger. And it uh, and it caused him an issue. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think uh, that yeah, at least he has a sense of humor about. Right? But, I mean, it, it is interesting. You, you think uh, it, that some of these players would want to uh to wear that just to to be aware it'll be interesting to see who does uh and then the the other thing is apparently other people in the bubble are going to have to wear proximity monitors so if they get within six feet of another person those are options well i yeah i i think it's actually the disney employees and and other people that are inside the bubble that are going to have to wear it i don't think they're making the players wear it but that the, the employees that'll be around uh, i mean they they are taking precautions to try to minimize it so i do love that it came up in the chat um i love the idea of you know the doctors have kiosks that roll around and and do uh in in, in hospitals you know so they can reach more emergency room you know more more beds uh with their diagnoses can you imagine Someone with a mask pushing around a kiosk with Mike D'Antoni's face on the on the <laughs> monitor and coaching from from a distance. <laughs> I, it it would not shock me. What if what if a coach has just to get put cool? on that put on the three D uh, you know whatever suit and they move the way Mike D'Antoni <laughs> wants them to move and they just have his iPad on their face with uh, with his face coming what, out. What oh, if one of these coaches great. has to be quarantined? You don't think that we might see that? Uh, we might act, you joke, but we might actually see something like that uh, if I would one of these love guys has to, to get quarantined. Like that. And just watching the person push it around. Turn this way. <laughs> I can't see. Turn this way. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be one of the most fascinating things we have ever seen uh, in sports. And I, I know I've said it on the show before, but I want a hard knocks last dance style documentary made out of this because we will likely never see anything like this again. And it's going to have so many behind the scenes stories that are going to be, uh, more fascinating than probably what we even see on the court. Uh, I am from a social experiment, uh, standpoint, this is going to be one of the most unique things that we've seen. Uh, and as long as everybody uh, stays relatively healthy, it, it'll be great entertainment. The second that that goes the other way, we're going to have to, going to have to figure out things for sure. Man, I really want to see a, a documentary where we can see how many of these, how long, how much time these guys spend together. They're in quarantine for the first six weeks. It's not even families or friends. It's just the players and coaches and trainers and stuff. And, Man, they're going to be spending 24-7 hanging out with each other, smoking cigars like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, uh, playing cards. Tons of poker are going to be played. They're going to go through a lot of decks of cards. How much money and, are players going to lose gambling with each other? Yeah, in this, but also, <laughs> how many new super teams are going to be formed? 
That's so, true. So, I mean, you've got, uh, it was the uh, 2012 Olympics that, um, you know, shoot, I forget. Anyway, most of these Olympics have had super teams kind of formed during them because that's when players do hang out together for periods of time. This is going to be more intense and longer. This is Devin Booker's greatest recruiting opportunity ever. He should be looking at Orlando as also much about the greatest recruiting opportunity for well, Devin. But I don't think we're at a point. I think Booker is still in the mindset that winning in Phoenix is, is what he wants. And if he should be looking at this as not only the basketball being important, but everything he does talking with these guys and trying to convince them that it's time to, uh, to to join up in Phoenix with what they're building here with Mikhail and DeAndre and him. Uh, uh, this this is huge for the Phoenix Suns' future, and I think he can have a, a big impact uh, on what they're able to do moving forward in free agency or even po- potentially trades. He needs to be thinking in that mindset. If he's a, if he's a superstar, it's time to start recruiting guys uh, to come join him, and I, I hope that that's what... Orlando in part is able to do now I've seen the roster of teams at the yacht club uh, and and I know we'll talk about it I'm not sure those are the guys you want to recruit but at least (laughs) at least I'll have an opportunity to uh, talk with some of these guys well there's also I mean there's two other hotels that are not far from each other and they're going to be able to hang out at other hotels too but you're right they're most likely going to make closest friends with the ones at their hotel that's true um and and the sun's yacht club hotel is going to be forever known as the as the not quite good enough for the playoffs group you know (laughs) so um hopefully the suns are not in the yacht club for too much longer and all at least in a club for the rest of the (laughs) for the rest of our fandom nine through 12 will forever be known as the yacht club in both uh yeah in both uh (laughs) conferences in both leagues exactly (laughs) exactly nine through 12 the yacht club (laughs) so yeah no these uh these guys are going to make a lot of friends it's going to be funny because players are going to be allowed to come and watch other teams' games. And so it's going to be funny with us trying to use that as a, oh, these are the great friends that are being made. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, All of a sudden, you see this guy with that guy, and now they're the new super team. And it could just be that they were available because their teams weren't playing. It has nothing to do with who the real super friends are going to be in the background when games are not being played by anybody. So uh, we're just going to have so much speculation coming out of this bubble and the players are gonna, the players are gonna have fun with it in that regard. What I wonder is, what are the players gonna do about the social unrest while they're in the bubble? Because Kyrie did make really strong comments, and he is right that uh, there is a chance that all the games suddenly being played again, like a summer league or like a Saturday afternoon playoffs, you know, where there's four games in a day. Um, we're not going to be thinking about the social unrest anymore. We're going to be thinking about who scored what and how do the players keep that going? Well, the, be a question. the league should take a, uh, take a page out of, uh, I believe it's the premier league that's playing with instead of players names on the back, it says black lives matter. Uh, there's an opportunity since you're not going to have team courts likely, at least for this beginning phase, uh, it should be, uh, utilizing court space to, to promote, messages of equality. There's all sorts of things that, that the league needs to step up and do uh, to to keep this at the forefront, even when games are, are going on. Because, I'm sure of warm-up gear, too. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not going to have 
as many eyes on anything uh, else uh, as you will the NBA when they come back. And it'll be people of all different mindsets. So if you're going to have an opportunity to be front and center there, and I, I assume uh, that's uh, part of what the players are trying to uh, include in whatever this final uh, agreement with the league looks like on on how things come back and what they're going to do. I guarantee we're going to see things like that because this has always been one of the most socially conscious leagues in yeah. sports, and I don't think they'll miss the opportunity to try to have an impact. Yeah, I'm really curious how that's going to play out for sure. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about Ricky Rubio a little bit. Okay. So Ricky Rubio, the Suns tweeted this out. I thought it was pretty interesting, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on uh, what kind of impact, uh, if the Suns do move on, that he could have on the team. So since the All-Star <laughs> break, Ricky Rubio ranks number one in the NBA with 10.4 assists per game and third uh, among steals at a little under two and a half. He's had 10 games with 10-plus assists and one or fewer turnovers uh, over the course of the season. First in the NBA this season and tied for the most in Suns history. Uh, and this season, the Suns also ranked first in the NBA with 27.2 assists per game, which is the most in franchise history since 1993-94. If the Suns do make it past or make it into the postseason, what kind of impact do they need to see from Ricky Rubio? I really actually think Ricky Rubio is tailor-made for this. He's been playing international ball after some time off for the last probably 15 years of his life. He knows all about this, and he knows how to how to manage his body. He doesn't play with incredible athleticism, although um, he does have quick hands with his leading uh, third in the league in steals. Um, <clears throat> I, I think he's tailor-made for this. I think Ricky is going to be, if the Suns win some games, especially the, their first three games are the important ones. Um, if they go 0-3, 1-2, they're going to start just playing the kids and everyone's going to sit and it's just going to be summer league all over again. Um, but if they win two or three of their first three, then all of a sudden these games kind of matter a little bit more. So it's that first two or three. And Ricky is going to get all the minutes he can handle those first couple of games uh, to show if, to see if he can lead the team to wins. And he is tailor-made for it. This is all, um, this is Ricky's, right up Ricky's alley. These other guys are not going to know how to do this, uh, but it's this is basically summer uh, basketball uh, for you know international play. It's perfect for him. Outside of Devin Booker, Ricky Rubio is the key player in all of this. Uh, he's going to have to have uh, a calming uh, a calming effect on his teammates. He's going to have to be one of the main leaders, and he's going to have to play like the Ricky we saw at the beginning of the year. Uh, this offense. Is is pretty good. Or after the All Star break, man. That's true. That's true as well. There was a, there was that lull there uh, around December, January, uh, with him. But we, if if you see him play like he did after the All Star break, beginning of the year, where he really gets in a flow with this offense and he can really get his teammates involved, that's when maybe you know seven and one isn't out of the realm of possibility with what this team. Uh, can do. He's going to have to bring out the best in his teammates, and we know how important point guard play is. Uh, if there's any team in the NBA that understands that better than anybody else, it is the Phoenix Suns, uh, based on how we've seen uh, basically G League level point guards come through this ta uh, town over the last few years and actually start games. And, and arguably, when Ricky Rubio goes to the bench, you see just how important a point guard is as well. So I, I believe Ricky Rubio is the linchpin to the Suns doing anything 
in in this uh, in this new uh, postseason pandemic, whatever we're calling it, the Orlando bubble. Uh, if they're going to make any noise, it's going to be on the shoulders of Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker. And quite frankly, I would not be shocked if we see Monty Williams stagger it uh, even more than we saw where where when Rubio's off the court, Booker's still on the court and he's playing point because they can't afford the Eliakobos uh, of the world to be the reason that they uh, they basically lose games during this because right. you you know you have eight games to to figure out how to how to get in how to wind up in that ninth spot and be within four games of of whoever uh, the eighth seed is at that time so you don't have time to sacrifice minutes to to a guy like uh, uh, like a Kobo uh, or or definitely I mean, not the first two or three games well and. Honestly, you know, you hope that they they are two and one, three and zero after those uh, those first three games. So there's still some hope because the last thing for me, at least, and I think most fans are of this mindset. I can't imagine anybody isn't that you know the worst thing here would be you lose the first two games and then we get six meaningless games where they're benching guys and they're not playing their hardest. I think it'd be a disservice to the other teams there. Uh, in Orlando as well. So so they need to come out fast. They need to come out with a hot start. And, and you're right, Dave. I, I don't know how many minutes you can you can sacrifice uh, in, in that backup point guard spot through those first few games because those are going to yeah. set the tone for the entire time in Orlando. Well, and Monty Williams today, when, when given lots of time to reflect over this pandemic, he did say in his uh, group interview with us that, uh, early on in the pandemic, uh, that he is um, ready to put Devin Booker at point guard when Ricky is sitting, yeah. ten to twelve minutes a game. Devin Booker as point guard. He, if he could right. do anything new uh, going forward, it would be that he would no longer um, have Booker and Rubio out at the same time, and he would have Booker being the point guard. I thought that was exciting, and I hope he sticks with it uh, because I'd much rather see Booker at point guard than Elia Kobo. But at the same time, the Suns don't have a backup too. So even if you do have Devin Booker running the point, you're well, still going to have one you know of those what, and guys that does make it tougher. Year. You're right, absolutely, Tim. Uh, that does make it tougher with Kelly out because you could have had Kelly or Mikel slot at the two or Cam or whatever. But that rotation of Kelly Oubre and uh, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson can all play the two, three, or four. Um, now you're down to just two of those three guys. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I wonder. I, I think you're gonna see you're gonna wind up seeing Cam uh, wind up playing minutes alongside Mikhail to avoid having to play Javon Carter or Elliot Kobo as your backup too. I mean, if you're gonna to go to the effort of putting Devin Booker at, at point guard for those ten to twelve minutes, why in the world would you shift the guy that you're you're making that effort for to the two guard spot and have him out there? Because inevitably he's gonna wind up uh, either having to shoot or or make a play. Uh, with the ball, uh, otherwise you're playing four on five. If you're not going to wind up moving the ball where the around where the guy touches it, so uh, I don't think if you're going to go to the effort to put book at point, you're going to have one of those guys out there. You're going to find a way to have Mikhail and, and Cam, or or figure out some other creative way uh, to ensure that you're not winding up with one of those guys on the floor. Sure. So uh, hold on one second, guys. I do want to take a moment to thank a listener, Zach Hensley, for being a longtime supporter of the Sun Solar Panel podcast. Thank um, you, Zach. Zach. 
thank you so much. If you guys watching on YouTube right now, on Facebook, or listening on the podcast, feel like you get something out of the show and you want to support the show with a monthly donation of one, five, or ten dollars, uh, all you have to do is open up the show notes and hit the support the show button. That being said, I did pull. Uh, a list of the Suns lineups over the course of Tim, before, the season. Before you move on to this, can I mention one thing about supporting the show? There's a new way yep. to support the show on the YouTube channel. If you're watching there, there's now a join button uh, at the top of, uh, of the YouTube page. Uh, if you go there, you can now actually subscribe to the show there. Uh, there's a, a different levels. There's the Elliot Kobo level, the Ke- Kelly Oubre level, and the Devin Booker level. Basically, they're just different price points. And you, uh, but if you if, if you join there for a monthly subscription, you'll get uh, a few different uh, perks of, of doing that. So check it out. That just launched this week and a cool new way to uh, to help support the show. We'll have more details on, on coming shows where we can kind of showcase uh, how those look. But uh, Tim, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure people were aware of that since it's brand new. Yeah, I mean, brand new to me too. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, so, so pulling Woo-hoo! up, uh, um, taking a look at some lineups. So I pulled the lineups, all the lineups that did not involve Kelly Oubre, Tyler Johnson, or Ricky Rubio this season. So we could talk about those uh those those backup minutes um there's not a lot that were played together the total amount that any of these five-man lineups were played together was 28 minutes so let's talk about some of the top ones i want to get your guys' thoughts we'll talk about the net ratings positive or negative wait who's Uh, this without again tell me again this is without kelly Oubre, without tyler johnson and without ricky rubio wow okay all right so the top lineup that did not involve those three players was shaq diallo Mikhail Bridges, Javon Carter, Akobo, and Cam Johnson, a.k.a. Garbage Time. That had yes. a net rating of uh, seven. Um, Dario Sharge. Plus seven. Yep. Uh, Dario Sharge, Kaminsky, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and Javon Carter. That had a net rating of plus 0.4. Devin Booker, Shaq Diallo, Mikhail Bridges, Ellie Akobo, and Cam Johnson. That had a net rating of Point six plus point six, and the last one we'll talk about right here: Frank Kaminsky, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Javon Carter, Cam Johnson. That one had a positive net rating of thirty-two, though just in eighteen minutes played. Basically, what we're seeing here is it's going to be fairly difficult for the Suns to get a two out there, even with uh, Devin Booker running the ball. Yeah, well, it, it just depends on what you're doing. Too. Oh, sorry. And we're going to see a lot more charge as well. I mean, I would imagine charge. Yeah, well, I, I'm lineup. hoping we see more Frank. I, I look, I love Dario. I love watching him um, play when he's really focused in, um, and when he gets a chance, he he just tries hard. He's a bum, rumbling, bumbling guy, but he tries <laughs> hard. And then uh, Frank is um, hopefully healthy again, and we haven't seen Frank and DeAndre Aiden play together this year and because they haven't been available at the same time. Basically, Frank went down when Aiden came back. So I'm curious because Frank will stretch the floor a little bit. Um, TC brought this up that, yeah, that just means we can play Sharch and Frank a little bit at power forward. So Mikel and Cam can get um, uh, wing minutes when Devin Booker is playing point guard. And that'd be really interesting to watch. I think there's there's a lot of lineups we're going to have to try out without Ubre out there, basically. And none of them have too many minutes because Ubre played almost every game. He did play every game until he got hurt there at the very end, right before the pandemic started. So 
Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a trial, and the Suns aren't going to have much time to figure it out. Because let's let's talk about the schedule real quick. <clears throat> this coming week, so today is the twenty first of June. Um, Tuesday is the day on which players have to by, day by which players have to say if they're not going into the bubble. Um, the twenty third Monday is the day there's the a two day tomorrow. Um, I think so. Twenty second. Have I got my days right? You're you're off by a day. Tomorrow's I'm the off 22nd. by a day. Tuesday is when the players have to have reported by and get their testing and stuff like that. Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night at nine, but basically Wednesday is when um, uh, the players have to have um, are declared whether they're going to go or not to Orlando. They either don't show or they show. You know, that's so they have to get tested if they're going to go. Um, and then um, the next day is when the transaction window starts opens up so teams can replace those players. Well, there's not many there's not many options out there right now for the transaction window because this is not an off season. This is just a pick up your 10-day guys. So you're talking about the level of the uh, Jonah Bolden types. Um, Joakim Noah is, is probably already committed to the Clippers. Anthony Tolliver is committed, sounds like, as of yesterday to um, the Grizzlies. Um, so there's going to be guys like that, which is basically not the dudes you want replacing uh, your real rotation players. And <clears throat> the Suns are going to be stuck a little bit there um, if any other Suns players besides Ubre decide not to go. Um, I don't think anyone else is going to decline, but we haven't heard a single word from Dario. I'm curious if Dario is going to be in town and play or if he's just going to – he looked, He seems like the kind of guy who's not going to care um, – He's going to care more about his health than he is going to care about his I'm a tough guy reputation. And uh, so he might actually, that's the one I'm on the fence on, whether he's yeah. going to show up. But it looks like everyone else is is primed. And yeah, then we'll wait, see who gets. With answered. a haircut so. like that, it's pretty obvious Dario Sarge doesn't care if uh, if he has a tough guy reputation or not, right? I, I think the <laughs> yeah. hair goes, he went, nah, I'm good. I don't care if I if I look tough or, or not. I to your point, though, you're talking about not not much time to figure this out. I think one of the underrated things about this hiatus is it's given a guy like Monty Williams, a head coach like Monty Williams, the time to sit there and look at tape and try to figure out lineups and think about those kind of things. So uh, unlike other years where you had inexperienced head coaches uh, running the Suns, you have a guy that's that's been in the trenches that knows how to do this and has had a lot of time to strategize. So I hope that that is a, a benefit where he already has a lot of ideas on how these rotations are going to look uh, and operate and, and that he's, he's studying no time to test them. Right. Well, that, that's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> that's yeah. the bad part. You know, I mean, you can, you can kind of, you know, lineups are matchup dependent as well. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's very true. I mean, you, you can't anticipate what and, other and coaches funny are has proven do, anything. So. It's that he, ma- he matches up his lineups to his opponents. Yeah, that's what he's done this year. And they also technically don't even know who their opponents are. There's been rumors about what it's going to be, but we haven't seen an official word on what a schedule is going to look like. So you haven't had a whole lot of time. I heard they want to be able to put the schedule out by um, early to midweek. Yeah, which which you hope would be the case. And you'd hope that the teams have had kind of an idea, but still uh, that's a hindrance because you, you haven't been able to prep as to what those first, you know, three or four games you're looking at will be of those eight. Now, have we gotten any word on um, just the the amount of friendlies that'll be played at, ahead of time? 
I heard they're allowed to play up to three intra-squad scrimmages the week before games uh, officially start. And I so, think it's only against teams in your hotel, if I read that correctly as well. Did you? Yeah, Is that to really, try to limit They're going to play in like the, one of the ballrooms in the hotel or something? I, they might. It <laughs> wouldn't shock me. This is, the, this is just weird. So, yeah, I'm sure there's probably a little court outside the yacht club that they got to go play on. <laughs> outdoors. Yeah, outdoors. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some, uh, some park ball. Uh, Anthony in the chat says, over under the amount of games before we see a Frank, Dario, Akobo, Diallo, and Ty Jerome lineup. Uh, I hope it's a game five of a playoff series when they're uh, when they're getting blown out in the first round. Uh, I, oh, I, see, Greg, you almost went all the way there. <laughs> you didn't quite go full Monty. No, I, game I, five of a playoff series in which they're up by thirty. Uh, well, yes, I, I, I could go fully crazy if if you'd like. The pa- I am in the padded room, but uh, <laughs> look, you hope you don't see see it at all because you need seven and one, eight and zero. Oh, to be in the conversation and uh, I'm feeling optimistic. Now that all could change after game one. uh, But, you know, after, uh, after seeing what this team could do early in the year, knowing they're relatively healthy and we'll get to that part of the story here in a second. uh, I hope we can see, uh, see this team make a run in reality. We're probably talking game five is, is my guess is that's that's when uh, you know maybe they're three they they're three and two after five games and and the reality is you're not going to make it so you're going to mitigate minutes you're putting on on certain guys but I'm really hoping Devin Booker uh, and Ricky Rubio DeAndre and they find a way to will themselves into this picture through at least the the last few games. Ah, uh, so yeah. how are you how are you guys feeling with a or more importantly, how do you think the Suns are feeling with uh, Kelly Oubre not playing? Mm. Does that impact? You know, the um, Vic, you know Victor Oladipo said the other just yesterday, maybe that he's not even sure he's going to be able to play, and he had come back from his knee injury um, already and played a little bit for Indiana, but he's like, yeah, and after these months off, not having you know the full train and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I'll try to ramp it up and see how it holds. But Vic is not that excited about coming back and trying to force his way into shape in a, in a matter of a few weeks instead of a couple of months after taking months off. So I think that we're going to, we're going to hear over the next few days, more and more players do that. They're either going to show up and try, but not commit uh, because of their, you know, the thing they either recently rehabbed or just, um, was trying to recover from during the off period, um, or they're just not going to play like Kelly. Uh, Kelly's not going to be the only one. He just happened to be the first one. Look, I, I'm. I, I don't know how the team feels. I, I tried to ask around. I didn't get very much uh, insight in terms of uh, of how the group is feeling about uh, the decision by uh, my, my sauces aren't uh, aren't particularly great right now, but. Uh, you know, so I couldn't get a real feel, but personally, I look at it and, you know, I feel like if you were upset about the Suns benching guys to improve their draft stock, you should be upset with Kelly Oubre sitting himself down now. And if you were fine with the Suns doing that, you should be okay with Kelly Oubre making this decision because it comes down to, I, I believe he's making the decision that's best for him long term to protect uh, his health 
protect his health in terms of his knee, not in terms of coronavirus because he will be in Orlando, but but also protecting his earning abilities moving forward because he's going into the last year of his contract. And I think he full well understands a second injury to that is going to impact mm-hmm. how much money he's going to make going into that final year of his contract. So for me, this is very much about what's best for Kelly Oubre. And I I get it. I understand it from that aspect. You're trying to protect your future earnings. But it's very much like when the Suns shut down Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker and all these guys to get better draft picks. You're doing what's right best for the future, not necessarily for the present, right? And and I understand if people are frustrated because Kelly Oubre, from everything we heard, uh, was has progressed through his injury and didn't get the traditional rehab, but when owner Robert Sarver uh, goes on on radio and says, yes, I expect Kelly Oubre to play, he's either doing it because he doesn't really know or because he legitimately uh, was trying to send a message out there that, yes, Kelly Oubre damn well better play, otherwise he's not going to you know, be in my good graces. I, I don't know which it is, I, but I think it falls in one of those two camps, and both are very much a possibility uh, with, with this uh, ownership group but i understand it from both sides and if you're a fan that's pissed off at kelly Oubre, good you have the right to be and and i understand it because uh, because he's making a decision for himself but i also understand it from kelly Oubre because he's deciding this is what's best for me to make my money in the long term and i get that as well i i don't get the people that are like well he didn't really get a rehab do not tell me that the Suns did not find a way to get somebody over there to help him rehab. We saw a video of Devin Booker in some alleyway uh, working out with, with a trainer off the back of a truck. You can't tell me they didn't have people over there trying to help Kelly Oubre uh, get better with his knee. He wasn't just sitting there alone the, the entire time. They were giving him exercises. They were finding ways to work with him. Uh, they were doing that. It may not have been a traditional rehab, but he was rehabbing that. So I think that's kind of a bogus thing. If, if it's about your money, admit it. Just say, hey, I don't think I, it's I'm bogus. worried about it. I think he came out, what was that, an interview with Cameron Cox two or three weeks ago that said if the percentage of us of a team making the playoffs or us making the playoffs is low, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, I, I wouldn't, I'd consider not playing. I mean, he already had that mindset, and we know that the Suns have the, the worst odds of anybody getting into the playoffs at this point. So, so I think it was very, I think this is very much um, about Kelly's future than it is uh, about, you know, and not being able to rehab the way that the way he had hoped. Yeah, I want someone to pay me millions of dollars so I can just not go to work. Yeah. I don't know. I disagree with you, Greg. I mean, I think it is partly about money and probably a lot about money, but you can't discount the lack of rehab time. Blueberry points out that he did see Kelly Oubre doing uh, windmill dunks on social media, which uh, yeah, his own social media. He 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 filmed himself. Yeah, but the point is, he can go out there and do that, and he feels good enough to go do it for social media. I don't know. If you're feeling good enough to, to flex on social media by doing a windmill dunk, you should at least try to give it a go. He could have gone into camp. He could have worked out and then just been like, guys, I can't do it. I got to shut it down. And I respect that a lot more than just throwing your hands up before the whole thing starts and, and saying, well, I'm not going to play. I mean, it, it, you can't tell me that does not impact 
uh, the mindset with guys like Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker who's sitting there and has wanted nothing more than to play important basketball at the end of a season. This is his first chance to really try to do something uh, and, and get in the playoffs. And sure, it's a long shot, but you cannot tell me uh, deep down that does not impact the way Devin Booker is looking at Kelly Oubre because he wants to make the playoffs so damn bad, and this hinders him even more than where they were before Kelly said he wasn't going to play. Well, I will I, I will say that um, regardless of how much Kelly's knee has to do with this, because we haven't heard any of the doctor reports, it's quite possible that it's really an injury still or, um, you know, something. <clears throat> we just don't know. What I what I do believe and I do agree with is uh, with as as emphatic as Robert Sarver was on the radio that Kelly was going to play, and now him not playing, um, there is a chance that he's almost he's even more likely to get traded this off season. Yeah, I'm I'm calling it. He will be traded for a power forward this off season. That's my prediction based on all this. I, I very well and very much feel like that will be the case. Is that that he's traded. For a power forward, and I think part so of it will three be three months or four months ago. It was that um, Orlando was offering Aaron Gordon if Kelly would be sent back, and the Suns at the time said no. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was the rumor, and uh, well, I think it was they they negotiated and couldn't come to a deal. We don't know what all the moving parts are, so there could have been yeah. other things that, that that came into into play. I mean, who knows that Orlando could have been asking for a first uh, to go with, with it. It may not have been uh, the Kelly part of it. We don't know, but I still think, uh, and we know how Robert Sarver operates. Uh, We've seen, uh, we've seen him when, uh, when he feels like uh, he's, he's been disrespected. I mean, there's the, the guy holds grudges is what uh, basically what it comes down to. So if he really was that adamant and it wasn't him just, saying it off the cuff with no real knowledge, then then that may impact it as well. And I just I feel like they're going to deal him for a power forward. Uh, Liz in the chat and hey, Duke, Tim is dead. Um, I, yeah, I keep getting kicked <laughs> off the call, man. I, I don't know. Technology, it is what it is. Uh, Liz says, I agree. I was OK with sitting Bledsoe for a better pick and I'm OK with Oubre um sitting to get healed better especially if the suns don't have a chance um you know it's it's one of those things you you definitely want to trust a player uh when they say that they are uh, you know rehabbing because they are not quite feeling well enough to play Uh, at the same point you it is sports and there is a team mentality you have a player that is choosing uh not to play uh and you know, uh, the Suns need winning players. And, you know, what does this say yeah. about Oubre? It can go either way. You can say he's doing this now for his career with the Suns later, maybe. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, he's leaving his team out there hanging. And the Suns don't have nearly as good of a chance without him. And I think the social media element of it is what frustrates me. If he hadn't been basically flexing on social, trying to show off uh, how healthy he is, and he's done it. Uh, over the last few months, I might feel different about it. But when you're seeing that, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't go. You know, and it's not even a, I'm going to try and I'm going to work out with the guys and see how it feels when we get back and back out there and working with the trainers. Uh, you know, it's just, I can't go. Well, that that's the more frustrating part to me. I get it. And I understand protecting your money and doing what's right for you. And I was in favor of the Suns 
uh, doing that to get a better draft pick. So, so I get that side of it too. It's just, the, I think the social part of it is what, what frustrates me the most is you're trying to show off that you're healthy and then you're not even willing to try to give it a go Look, when the guys come I back. Think, like Kelly is going with the team to Orlando. So he is, he is going to be there as, as moral support. He is still supporting the team. So I don't think he's checking out from the team. No, I don't think so either. I just think, I think it would have gone a long way for him to go, you know, I'm going to try because it's, let's be honest. And we'll talk about this, but there's not exactly a guy out there. They're going to sign. That's going to make any difference. So him saying, Oh, I'm not going. So they could have a slot to replace him isn't helping their chances. You know, I think it would have gone a lot more if we went a week after this and they go, well, Kelly played and worked out with the guys was with the trainers. And it just doesn't seem like he can actually give it a go. We're not having this conversation. We, we accept it at that point because it, it was a decision that after the medical staff and after trying to, to go, it's made. And we go, okay, we accept that. I, I think the, the problem here is we've seen him on social, and this seems like a decision that he made. And then the comment he made in the media a few weeks ago, you add it together, and it just feels off. It doesn't feel as genuine uh, a, as it might have. And that's the problem, I think, uh, that, that will be with fans, uh, potentially with media, and potentially with uh, with ownership and and his own uh, his own teammates. That's where where the problem comes in. If if he had been radio silent, came in after a few days with the group, and right. they said we're shutting it down, nobody right. thinks twice about it. Um. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to go a different way. If he had been radio silent this whole time and now shuts it down, that would actually show that he's got a rift with the team. I think he's been communicative with the team and he's going with the team to Orlando. So I actually, I actually don't think that's as bad. I I mean, radio radio silence silence with the media and on social. I don't mean not talking to the team. I mean, Oh, this is Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is never silent on social. He's always posting something. That's just who he is. Part of the problem. If you're showing off dunks and all these things and before you even get into, into camp, before you're even really seen by, by team, team physicians all those things you just you just say uh, i'm not playing that's that's a problem to me especially after the owner comes out two days before or three days before and says yeah i expect him to play it all just adds up to something doesn't seem right with it it, it doesn't feel genuine and that is a problem there is something that doesn't feel genuine <clears throat> i'll give you that and so we gotta we gotta wonder how this is going to play out and it is frustrating if it does play out this way maybe we just got psd ptsd and we're just worried over nothing but if it plays out that kelly Ubre gets traded this fall um that's kind of a sign that the suns haven't gotten any better at player relations yeah well i mean that, that that's true as well <laughs> Uh, well, guys, uh, we're coming up on the hour 200, 200 episodes, which it doesn't really sound like a lot until you think about 200 Saturdays or Sundays uh, together. Or Wednesdays. Podcast. We've done some Wednesdays. A couple, a couple, a couple of Wednesday Wednesdays. shows. But, you know, re- regardless, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I can't thank uh, both uh, Dave and, and Greg enough and everybody that's been supporting us over. I guess we're looking at, what, four seasons now? Almost full of four. It'll be, I think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Part of a fourth. Yeah. But it's been three 
three year rounds, I, I think. I think I think somehow you guys have become outside of a friend I've had since kindergarten, the longest uh, friendships I've had, uh, and and wow. that's insane. So that's really sad. Yeah, it's mostly because we don't see each other really in person. Not really a good friend of yours. That's uh, really sad. I know. I, it's because we never see each other in person. <laughs> we only spend an hour talking to each other, and we can hate each other and uh, while we're talking to each other. So I think that's a. Uh, that's a, a way to sustain a relationship. That's a marriage advice. Uh, only see each other once a week and do it via uh, via Skype, and uh, you can last two hundred episodes <laughs> hey, with uh, with your significant. Think, think other. of all like the, the the son's Twitter beefs that we've uh, lived through. Well, and launched too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we grilled a lot of that beef ourselves. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, oh I love Sun's Twitter. Well, okay, it's been, it's been quieter since the pandemic, but wait, wait till Sun start playing again, then it'll it'll ramp back right back up. What uh, what's been? Uh, this is on prompt, impromptu, so we may not have thoughts on this. But what's been your favorite uh, memory of the uh, uh, two hundred episodes? Wait, top memory of the two hundred episodes? Yeah, what's your what's your favorite moment uh, of uh, of us doing this for two hundred Saturdays? Sundays, whatever days. Dude, I'm old. I don't have any memories of anything. So, I think my favorite was when we got when we got Eric Bledsoe uh, on the show, and he admitted so that the the, that, the one that Dave and I weren't on. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite. My, but, my but, favorite memory was the one where I was the only one well, on let, the show. Let's be honest, Eric <laughs> Eric Bledsoe admitting before he was traded from the Suns that he was pissed off at the Suns about being benched was a pretty uh, pretty good get uh, for us, but I I think I think the trial of Ryan McDonough it will forever even if we do a thousand of these will forever be one of my one of my favorite memories because the trial it, of Ryan McDonough was fun. It was yes. it was absurd, and we got a we had a you know goof off a little bit and and showcase the fun that I, I think is. It's is a real shame we about. weren't on here when uh, the trades of 2015 happened. Yeah, okay. We should you know we could go back and do a retrospective on that. We still have a lot of time before basketball's played. We could do a retrospective on uh, the uh, the craziness, the chaos. That was uh, was that trade. How deadline. about we we do it as if it's unfolding in real time. Oh, we yeah. act it out as if it had not happened yet, and it's unfolding in real time. Was that was the trade deadline where it literally broke Woj, right? Didn't he have? Yeah, some, Woj to, said, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that was his only. <laughs> that was his tweet. Like right, right as the deadline ended, all he said was, "Oh my god!" And then there was a flood of. Uh, the Suns yeah. have traded a third of their roster. We should, you know? we should, we should uh, retro live tweet, live video uh, that trade deadline as if it was just unfolding, but, and we could even get all the all the listeners, all the watchers, to pretend that they, they're going through it too at the same time. They, they don't know it, and we could do it with puppets. It could be a puppet theater. What we do, <laughs> we could just go all out crazy. Where where we have a Bledsoe puppet and an Isaiah <laughs> Thomas puppet, all these. All these puppets, and we just throw them out. Uh, a mile, a miles, miles Plumley puppet. It'll be great. It'll be fan freaking tastic. No. Oh look, here we go with just Espo on the screen. This is well. Wonderful. That's because Tim dropped off, so I put you just up on the screen here in a second. So you'll <laughs> well, no, happy. that was your favorite part of your favorite part of doing the three man solar panel was when you did it yourself. My favorite part that's, of this show awesome. is is me. And well, I'll just honest. go along with that, and I'll say my favorite episode of the solar panel over 200 episodes is the one that's not numbered that just happened two days ago with Amin <laughs> El Hassan because it was just me. 
hey, it's, there's nothing wrong with being egotistical and liking ourselves. <laughs> I will say that. By the way, we didn't get to guys that the Suns could add on the roster. I'm just going to throw a name out there to help fill the gap of Kelly Oubre. Gerald Green is available, and I think he's uh, Kelly Oubre light. So uh, it, he might be a guy that Gerald you Green could bring is not in. a Kelly Oubre. <laughs> he's a guy that'll come in and shoot a lot and maybe get a really energetic like dunk. Bellinelli light. What do you mean? Yeah, come on, like man. Gerald Green could come in and give you some energy. Uh, and energize the team uh, with a, with a dunk and a, you know, and a crazy three. I mean, you remember it. We sat we sat in the building and watched some of those. He's Kelly Oubre light. He, he he'll energize your team, but then he'll also make uh, really really dumb plays. At, at my some favorite time my too. favorite um, Gerald Green memory is him um, throwing the ball to himself off the backboard for a dunk. Oh, when he got stuck in no man's land in mid range, he did that, that was multiple awesome. times. Was, but I remember the one you're talking about. It was that home <laughs> game. My favorite was him against Oklahoma City, where he dropped like 24 points in a quarter. That was uh, uh, a, yeah. I, I loved that. But I think we actually lost him, which is an appropriate might have lost, way, to, lost. way to end the uh, 200th episode is with Tim not being here since he stands up and people don't see this, but off camera he stands up and just walks off. Well, uh, well, uh, Dave and I are yeah. talking sometimes. So, well, we do ramble, but let me, uh, which we're doing right now. But uh, so, thank you all for watching uh, and listening to episode two hundred of the Sun's Solar Panel. Uh, do re- remember, if you'd like to support the show, you can do it either in the show notes via the link or on YouTube if you're we'll watching there and joining. You can uh, you can do that. Uh, we'd we'd love to have you as part of this and uh, and supporting the show because it helps us continue to do it. You can follow Dave on Twitter at uh, Dave King NBA. Uh, Tim uh, isn't on Twitter anymore because he got sick of the rigmarole of uh, of all you people, so uh, you can't follow him. But you can follow me at Aspoy. You can follow the Suns at Sun Solar Panel. So for Tim. And happy Father's Day to everybody out there who is a father figure, has a father figure, or will someday be a father figure. How about that? Hey, all of us, Robert Ori was our daddy because he punked Suns fans numerous times. So so you can (laughs) Happy Father's Day to Robert Ori. Robert Ori, happy Father's Day. You've uh, been the Suns daddy for years.